hi everyone who's watching and uh, thank you for joining our weekly episode of Music Industry Talks. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, we're a nonprofit organization that helps support musicians. And today I'm here with Jonna, a music keyboardist, pianist, composer, and session musician. Hi, Jonna. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you? Good. It's a beautiful day here in Minnesota. Great. You know, 42 um, and sunny. <laughs> are you getting to enjoy the sun a bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was out and about today. Um, stopped by the studio to do a little bit of session work and then, uh, yeah, running errands and so forth. And my cats are crazy right now running around the house and wrestling with each other. So if you hear a commotion, Amazing. that's what that is. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your career. I mean, you've been working as a keyboardist, composer and session musician for the past uh, 15, 20 years. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, how you started, when you started playing the piano, and how you kind of went towards, you know, career in music. Um, well, uh, when I was six, I got my first uh, keyboard for the holidays, and um, I started teaching myself, um, like, the Ninja Turtles theme song and stuff like that. Um, and then as I got older, I got really into film score music. Um, I, uh, I consider myself a hundred percent self-taught. I definitely had, um, you know, like I was in, uh, music class in, in elementary school and stuff like that. And, and my, my teacher really, um, inspired me more than anything else. Cause she could never get me to sit down and learn how to read music or anything. Cause I just didn't mm -hmm. want to, I just wanted to play things by ear. So, um, she gave up trying to, um, teach me in a normal way right away and just kind of let me do my thing. So I played in my elementary school jazz band and um, at talent shows and things. We're playing like jazz by ear? Uh, well, jazz band. It was like kind of, you know, like Louie Louie, like stuff like that, you know. But I just, I loved it and I loved being on stage. And um, so I got a taste for that at a, at a young age. And then I got into metal when I was in high school, thanks to my friend Brian, who showed me um this was like when napster was first coming out too mm -hmm. so he showed me bands like um cradle filth and children of bodum and demo Borgir and um and flames and uh and then i got into arch enemy and nightwish and it's all the european stuff so when i was a junior in high school i decided that i was going to be a keyboard player in metal and i wanted to play in a band in europe and that's what i wanted to do um, but then when I was, uh, after I graduated high school, I joined a band in Australia that I found on mp3.com and I sold everything I owned. And, uh, so I sold my car and I had an acoustic guitar and I used the money to move to Australia and my parents thought I was crazy, but they knew that, um, I, I always just had that kind of go for it, um, type of, uh, mentality. And um, so, of course, that was my, so I moved to Sydney, Australia when I was 18. And of course, that didn't work out because it was my first band and I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't know how to get along with other band members and a band dynamic mm -hmm. and, and so forth. So um, they kicked me out and uh, I learned a lot of life lessons from that. And I moved back to the States and I posted a message on the Vakken Open Air Festival guestbook webpage saying that I was a keyboardist from the U.S. and I was looking to join a band in Europe. And that day I got an email from Michael, who was the founding guitarist of Pyramaze, and asking me to audition. 
Um, so I made a really cheesy VHS tape of me playing um, keyboards. And uh, for some reason, he thought it was good enough to fly me to Denmark. And so, yeah, I went and recorded Melancholy Beast when I was 19 years old in Denmark at Jacob Hansen's studio, um, which was, uh, it's a really awesome story. And of course, I, I look back on it with so much fondness um, to have that kind of opportunity and everything like that. I got to basically, I got to skip the whole like being in local bands thing and just mm -hmm. go for it because Melancholy Beast got picked up for world, like worldwide record deals. And we signed with like EMI Japan and everything. And so that, that kick started, um, my career. Uh, yeah, I hope that. Amazing. So that kind of brings us up to. Uh, How many albums did you release with, uh, Paramaze? Uh, we have five out mm -hmm. so far, and um, we are hard at work on album six. And uh, hopefully that will be out uh, later this year, if everything goes as planned. But these days, who, who knows, you know. With, I love this world, one here. The world we live in. Oh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Love this one. Yeah, that's hanging on my wall, too, back there. <laughs> The vinyl. It's got the uh, We Are the Ocean, that intro ballad. I love it. It's so amazing. Mm -hmm. It's so melodic. And just the voice. It's not the typical, like, um, kind of voice that you would expect on this kind of band. Like, it's really powerful, but it's not like cheesy vocals, you know? They're like, he's like an amazing singer. Yeah. And of course, yeah. we ha you have your signature sound on there, you know? It's like, once we hear it, it's like, you could still tell that it's so, like, your style. All your music, really, it has something that you can yeah. recognize, too. Um, well, the interesting thing about that, that album, Disciples of the Sun, is um, that was the first thing I did after coming off about four or five years of um, kind of taking a break from music mm -hmm. um, after my daughter was born. And uh, I have a daughter. Most people don't know that about me. So surprise. Um, but uh, yeah. And then so then, you know, uh, Pyramid is kind of found new members and stuff like that to replace ones that had left and and um so i was really hungry to get myself back out there and of course doing it with my band pyramids was the way to go so i mean I, I can hear it in my performance and and the energy that i brought to that album for sure you know it was really like a rebirth for me and um the beginning of this like next stage of my life so mm -hmm. and what's it like working with musicians that are like not in the same country <laughs> as you um well i've been doing that for longer than i haven't been so i'm pretty used to it now mm -hmm. i've been to denmark like 15 times or something like that now um it's great how do you, what's what's how do you work together how do you write what's your writing process and just you know what are the challenges of working with you know when you have members that are located elsewhere well um it's been kind of interesting because as technology has changed so has our creative process mm -hmm. um you know for the first three albums i flew to denmark to record my parts and then you know once things like uh social media and dropbox i love dropbox it's the greatest <laughs> invention ever became a thing you know it was easier to just do and cheaper to record my stuff over here um on my own um of course, I miss that kind of, you know, immersive experience you get. Mm -hmm. Like when we did um, the Bone Carver album, 
uh, which was our second one, we went and we stayed at Jakob's studio for a month. And somehow we didn't kill each other, even though we were all staying in a cabin together the whole time. <laughs> Although there was a few near deaths, like when Toke ate Michael's pizza without asking him and, you know, stuff like that. But and then Michael's like, where's my pizza? You know, because he was hungry and <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a different it's a different kind of thing, of course, when you're recording an album all together mm -hmm. and you're all stuck, like locked in the studio for a month or, you know, when you kind of work at it at, at your own pace and do your parts. Uh, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll do another song this weekend type of thing and then send it over and whatever. So, um, yeah, I can't remember what your question was. Oh, yeah, yeah. OK, so sorry, I'm getting old. Um, but um, yeah, so as technology has changed, so so has the the way in which I uh, record and work with bands overseas. And um, over the last five, five, six years or so, um, my career as a studio musician and a, like a keyboardist for hire and songwriter for hire and stuff like that has really exploded. I'm, I'm just constantly uh, working for artists overseas now, which is great. Um, uh, so that it's nice too, that I can do that so efficiently. For sure. And I guess you've learned over the years to work with bands that are like remotely, right? That are not, you know, you don't get to have that connection, but now you've gotten good at, you know, just the process, I guess. Yeah, I get hired more and more. I'm getting hired to do like big epic album intros um, that get you excited for the whole album or and then the bands also use it um, as like their live intro that they come out on stage to and stuff like that. So like, yeah, like the opener, the opening. Yeah, something big that gets yeah. the listener excited for what's coming next. Yeah, and um, I do a lot of orchestration, too, which is neat because I have no you know, like I told you, I'm self-taught. I have no classical training or no, no background like that. I just um, listen to a lot of film score composers and absorb and, um, you know, pick out little things that, that I like and that I kind of want to emulate and, and use in my stuff. Um, What's your favorite composer for like cinematic? I mean, my all-time favorite composer is, it would be Hans Zimmer. Um, but I have a lot of uh, other ones too, you know, that are in my, my top, top tier. Like, um, uh, I love Danny Elfman, um, Steve Jablonski, Thomas Newman, um, John Williams, of course. Um, I'm forgetting some, though. Yeah. I yeah think those, those are, are all amazing. Of, yeah. Those are amazing. One. Two steps from hell. I really like too, even though they're not mm -hmm. like film score composers that it's more like trailer music and stuff like that. But, um, they, they're fantastic. Amazing. And um, tell us about um, this project here. Oh, yeah. Carol. Yeah. Well, Matt, Matt played uh, with Pyramids as a special guest at Prague Power USA in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, after that, so we kind of like reconnected. He did the Immortal album with us in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we reconnected at Prague Power and um, we wanted to do a project and then he had the idea of doing something that wasn't like normal metal or whatever, you know, that something outside of the box. And he's like, well, how about we just do an album, just you and me, you know, just keyboards and vocals. So I was like, okay, sure, whatever. So I got to work. Um, and, uh, I wrote that album like in a month or two. And then he, he flew up to Minnesota from Delaware to do his vocals for that. And then, um, I ended up self-releasing it. Um, I had a lot of label interest, but mm -hmm. um, I think because it was so different 
and not, you know, that it was kind of a gamble, even though I had, you know, Matt's name on it and my name on it. And so we're bringing our fan bases to the table yeah. even then, you know, so uh, I, I figured it would just make more sense to self-release it. Self-release it. Yeah. Um, How was that yeah. experience acting as, you know, pretty much your own label, doing your own distribution and your own, you know, merch design? I know you have Mallory on your team. That, that's yeah. really like a huge help in designing all the graphics. And um, she's an amazing content creator. So like, how was that process of like, you know, really self-releasing the album? Um, it was like a full-time job. And uh, I'm really lucky that I had Mallory to help with her, um, you know, graphic expertise mm -hmm. and marketing and all that stuff. I mean, it was, you know, there's no way I could have just done that on my own. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, and she also designed the album cover and the booklet layout and the website and, um, and handled all that stuff. So, yeah, it was kind of like, it's basically like we had to make our own record label, you know, and we even had merch made and we, you know, did our own mail order and everything like that. So it was kind of fun though, too, you know, but it was a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you just have to decide, like, if you were, you as an artist or a band were considering doing that, you have to weigh, weigh out, like the fact that you're going to have to make an investment, a financial investment and a mm -hmm. huge time investment as well to, manufacture it and create your own mail order and promote it. And uh, we hired a company too, um, based out of Germany to release it and promote it overseas for us, mm -hmm. which is another, another thing you can do because yeah, we, there's no way we would have had that kind of reach and um, ability to like get ads in magazines and all that kind of stuff. So we had to hire out for that, but. For sure. Yeah. And how did the fans respond to it? I mean, it's a little bit different than what you were used to releasing, even for Matt, right? Because it's more like in the metal. Um, oh, yeah. Scene. yeah. So how how were how yeah. did the fans respond to that? I mean, it's very different when I heard it. It's like it's it's really cool because it's like super melodic. Uh, and Matt's voice, I find, is just perfect for it. <laughs> Such a great yeah. voice. Powerful voice. I mean. Uh. Say, say the question again i'm sorry how did the fans respond to it given that oh you yeah we got a lot of like different... where oh where are the guitars and drums comments <laughs> which you know got it pretty annoying after a while because we were pretty clear that it, uh, you know this is not normal metal or anything like that it's really like mm. you know just film score music and instrumental keyboard stuff with with vocals on it mm -hmm. um but because he's such a dynamic vocalist with like a range that's all the way down there and then you know yeah he has a huge vocal range it's crazy it's he's unreal yeah when he he recorded the vocals for the entire album he did five 10 hour days in the studio in a row without a break oh. you know like literally he would only stop to go to the bathroom or to eat a sandwich or something like that <laughs> and then he would go back to his hotel room and sleep and then come back and do it again it's on yeah the, crazy. the dude's unreal yeah and he's He's the most humble uh, human that I've encountered in the industry, you know, or at least one of them for sure. You know, mm -hmm. at least that's a singer of that with that much notoriety and that stature. And, you know, I, it was I was so flattered that he wanted to work with me, you know, and I was just hoping that I wouldn't let him down. Well, why wouldn't he? <laughs> Have you uh, heard yourself? <laughs> Have you heard yourself on piano? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Did you work, did you work together before? Did you, you know, 
had you done any any session work for him or any of his projects before before that no yeah up until we did the sentinels album the only thing we ever did together was um the immortal album back in the day mm. when i was a a wee lad yeah yeah but then after after the sentinels record though then i i did um the album intro for the new uh ashes of Aries record that came out in mm -hmm. 2018 or 2019 i can't remember yeah so yeah i mean we'll 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 definitely <laughs> be collaborating on a lot of say again no i'm saying like you just put out so much music so for sure like oh, yeah, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to keep track of all your releases and the dates and everything <laughs> Yeah, I'm always <laughs> staying busy. Amazing. And um, any other projects you've uh, you worked with? You want to mention your other um, other session work you've done for other pretty established um, bands, as well as any other project you would like to mention that you've worked on? Yeah, well, I recently special. joined a band called uh, Catalyst Crime that I think of as based in Germany because that's where the drummer lives. Um, to me, uh, home for a band is where the drummer is, and he lives in Germany. Um, and it's um, been executive produced and then also produced by um, Alexander Kroll. Um, and uh, with his company, Master Sound Entertainment, he's, he's based in Germany. He's the, the guy behind um, Leaves Eyes and Atrocity. Uh, yeah, so it's been really cool working with him. Also, he's a super talented guy and has a, a really positive outlook on everything. So, which I really vibe on. Um, so there's that. It's like symphonic, cinematic um, metal, I guess. Um, super film score-ish, uh, you know, because that's what I bring to the table, of course. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've gotten to do a lot of songwriting for it, which I enjoy. Um, I always feel like I'm uh, trying to, you know, I was trying to prove myself no matter what it is that I'm doing. I always, I want to be the best. I don't ever think that I am, but I want to be. And that kind of like drive keeps me going and, and causes me to always be improving. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and as, when, when, yep. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, when uh, when bands hire you for sessions, do they um, often give you a lot of room to kind of do your thing or do they give you a lot of direction? So what's it like working as a session musician? Um, um, they always yeah. know exactly, you know, the vision they're going or do you do they kind of let you do your thing? And let you yeah, die? they it's mostly at this point, they just let me do my thing because they know mm -hmm. what to expect from me, which is great. Mm -hmm. You know, I just get, I get sent um, guitar tracks and drum tracks and maybe have some vocals or whatever, and they just hand, hand the album to me or hand the song to me or whatever, and then I do my thing on it and send it back and call it a day, you know, it's, it's, um, it's very efficient. Amazing. So I can, I can streamline my session work business because mm -hmm. um, my turnover rate is quick. I can just uh yeah you're extremely you know, fast at writing music it's like oh i wrote this <laughs> song today and i wrote another five <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. just like in a few hours you're super fast at writing it's amazing yeah i wish that i could that i had the um more time and you know resources and things like that because i, mm -hmm. I could seriously write one album a week 
And the nice thing is, is that I feel like I never run out of creativity or ideas or anything. You know, I'm constantly inspired. And it's not like in like every project that you have, it's not like you're doing um, it's yes, you have your signature sound, but everything's just like different. You're never replicating, um, you know, never have songs that are like similar or everything's just so different. Every time we hear one of your songs, it's like you have like so many different ideas, like completely different ideas. So it's, it's super cool. I appreciate that. Uh, so I think I saw a fan question pop up on the screen. Yeah, Lorenzo wants to know, what's your practice routine? Oh, I don't have one. I don't practice. I should, but I don't. <laughs> your studio times, your practice? Yeah, exactly. That's really the only time I ever touch a piano or a keyboard is when I'm in the studio and then I'm just creating. So I guess you go, wait, when you go into studio, you don't actually write the song before you just go in the studio, blank canvas, you just go and you usually, yeah. Right? Um, every now, every now and then I'll like come up with some chord progressions at home or something like that. But mm -hmm. I like to kind of vibe on whatever is going on and whatever I'm inspired by. Mm. So That's crazy. So how does one go, like, how does one become like a, um, a session musician for anyone who wants to become, you know, uh, session player what is your advice for them um well for me I feel like uh a lot of the work I get well I should say almost all of the work I get comes from um either my fan base who are hiring because they're making music themselves and they want their music to have Jonah playing keyboards on it or they want it to sound like something that I've already done or I have, um, you know, other people in the industry or whatever that um, are making albums and need to outsource keyboards. Um, my, my favorite Jonah quote, and I posted this on my Facebook page one day, is that uh, I said, bands that try to save money and do all the keyboards themselves sound like bands that always try to save money and do the keyboards themselves. And it's Amazing. absolutely true, it's you know, true. like, if you want, if you want your album to, to be as good as it can be, then, you know, that's not something that you want to cut corners on. Keyboards are a really important in, uh, instrument. They in are. All, all genres of music, I think. For sure. And I think more and more in metal, it's becoming such an important element, right? Over the years, like letting yeah. kind of keyboards shine more and having more of that melodic um, element to it. Absolutely. I mean, now taking that approach. So there's very few genres of metal that don't use keyboards at all mm -hmm. and they to me they've kind of gone stale you know mm -hmm. i mean how many death metal albums can you listen to no offense death metal people that are watching this but i mean <laughs> i think once you've heard a few you know death metal albums like maybe the best ones that are out there or whatever then you've heard all death yeah, metal it does albums bring, it does bring another dimension for sure yeah, there, I mean, there's some great, of course, there's some great death metal stuff out there, you know, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, but back to what I was saying is that I think most genres of metal do use keyboards, mm -hmm. you know, heavily. So, um, it, and the, the thing is, is that I, I can personally handle any style of metal keyboards. And I, that's one thing that I like doing is like one day I'll be yeah. working on like folk metal or something or power metal. And then, you know, then I'm doing some like epic black metal or something and it's and nice tell to... us about your uh your video game music i know you have some of those <laughs> oh yeah 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 um i've done a few like indie video game soundtracks um for a company in germany 
and uh, I'm working on a new one right now um, that's like a ninja game and it's uh, like a side scroller, kind of like an old school one for Nintendo or whatever. But um, the soundtrack is really like, it's sort of like synth wave um, meets like really cheesy montage music that you might hear in like one of the Rocky movies or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be cool. Hopefully that'll come out this year. Um, it might come out on Nintendo Switch or something like that. Or I don't know. I don't know that much about it. So, awesome. but um, yeah, that's different. <laughs> It is. Yes. It's, it's really cool to, um, you know, sort of tap into that part of my childhood and be inspired by stuff mm-hmm. that I was into when I was a kid, you know, <clears throat> for sure. And, um, so what does, uh, board Jonah do on a, on a regular bit like basis, like during quarantine right now, you know, we've been living this really, um, uh, difficult, uh, situation. So what's your routine been like? Um, um you know, you're writing and you know just like trying to fit your studio time with you know your life and balance everything and not go crazy yeah. because the restrictions that are happening I feel like I'm actually busier now than I was mm-hmm. in the before times you know because I think that um, other people are bored and using this time to be creative and so I keep getting work thrown at me all the time which is great mm-hmm. Do you find the musicians are writing, uh, bands are writing more music right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the smart ones are because why waste this time, you know, sitting around and watching TV or something like that when you could, you know, write a bunch of albums and knock them down. And then so that way, when this thing ends, which it will soon, I know that because, um, you know, with with lows, there has to be highs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, then you, then you're really like prepping yourself to be launched and be successful and you don't have to be locked in the studio. Then you could be out touring or something. You know? mm-hmm. Did you have any uh, tour dates scheduled with any of your, uh, your projects that, you know, you had to cancel or postpone? Yeah. Um, I was supposed to tour Norway with Pure Mace um, last month and that got postponed until August which was a a bummer, but, um, I don't know. I think I'd rather be in Norway in August than in March anyway, because the weather will probably Mm -hmm. be better. So glass half full, you know, Mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, do you have any advice for bands that right now, you know, are home and, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of them have their, you know, studio set up to be able to record, um, but marketing wise, you know, what they can be doing right now to, uh, to promote their music, or, um, you know, just creativity wise, you know, how to stay motivated and continue. Yeah. Music. Well, um, I have a lot of advice. I would say, um, create, 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 be inspired, um, stay positive. And, uh, now is a great time to reach people on the internet, you know, because so many people are just home and looking for something to do. And, um, people want to support the arts. People want to support music because, it's so important and that's the I think the best part of humanity is music and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people know that so uh it's yeah reach out to your fans and um you know play live on your Facebook pages and I've done that Mm -hmm. actually a few times um Mm -hmm. over the last bunch of weeks which has been great just like playing piano for 
Um, yeah, I, I saw you did. I saw you did one uh, video where you actually showed your like your studio session. Like you actually showed people like you were actually writing a song in your in your video, right? Like your yeah. studio session. Yeah, the, yeah. Cool. My, the stream was about um, three hours and fifteen minutes long, mm -hmm. and I from start to finish composed an entire piece of music um, for a project that I'm doing with um, Bill Hudson and uh, Anthony Hayamalan. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but he's a cool guy. He used to, um, he was the vocalist for Night Rage and uh, Armageddon. And then everybody knows Bill, of course, from uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra and uh, wow. his band North Tale. So yeah, we, we've been working on a project for fun and I don't know if it'll go anywhere or whatever, but it's been cool to work on, that's for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. And, um... <clears throat> In terms of how the industry will um, evolve from this, what's your take on that? Well, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of bands are going through uh, financial turmoil and, you know, yeah. and things really suck right now. But at the same time, uh, I think about it like it's going to clear the way for some new bands to maybe have, have a chance that wouldn't otherwise. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like, I don't mean this in like a nihilistic way or anything like that, but it's kind of like a forest fire, you know, like in a forest, you have to have forest fires so that it clears out the debris and, yeah. you know, and that new life can grow. So maybe something like this is like a forest fire. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. I like know, that theory. And I really, I really mean Very that cool. in a positive way, of course, you know, I don't, um, I don't like to think in, in negative terms too often. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, I mean, look at uh, the, the pollution rates all around the world are way down now, too. Because yeah, positive things are happening for sure. I mean, uh, right? humans being home is a good thing for the environment. That's for sure. I think people people who look at this as a chance to like reinvent themselves and use it to be productive and creative. Those mm -hmm. are the people that are going to be like the phoenix that rises from the ashes of this whole thing. So that's, I'm really focusing on that, just like staying positive and, and you know, encouraging my, my peers in the industry to stay positive and, um, you know, just keep, keep working. Mm -hmm. And yeah, life, life isn't stopping, you know, it's just mm -hmm. different right now. That's all. For sure. So. I keep staring at your Syrah poster on the wall. <laughs> um, oh, the, the Syrah vinyl up there? Yeah. Tell us about your work with Syrah. Um, well, Jake, the singer is a really good friend of yeah. mine. Um, he's amazing. He's, he's done yeah. work on like, he's had like various, um, projects that, you know, have been like really, really, um, popular. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, everybody knows him from Amaranth. Amaranth. Then, yeah. Yeah. I've played on both Syrah albums now. And, and that's uh, how I found you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, I covered one of, uh, the Sarah songs and uh, that I really love and uh, and posted it on social media and then uh, and then Jonah saw it <laughs> so I was like what <laughs> he's <laughs> like one of my uh, favorite keyboardists of all time so um yeah just like having him like you know check that out and then we connected and that was like oh my god like a fun <laughs> moment it was uh, it was amazing <laughs> um but yeah are you working on uh, on new music with them um, not at the moment. 
Um, I don't. You, you you mentioned you worked on your first and, and second album. Yeah, yeah, the two the two that are on the wall over here. Mm -hmm. um, I played on I think five or six songs on that one, and then I played on uh, just uh, two because that's all I had time for on the the newest one, um, which came out on Nuclear Blast mm -hmm. uh, in November. So the first one came out on Universal which was wow. cool. That was my first uh, major label release that I ever played on. Mm -hmm. For sure. And also Jesper, the uh, Jesper Stromblad plays guitars for Syrah and he's like a childhood hero of mine. So he's another one of my childhood heroes that I got to work with. What's that like when you actually get to play with, you know, artists that you've lo looked up to, you know, your whole life and, or that you're, you're a big fan of and like how, getting to share that with them? Um, I mean, of course it's, you know, it's surreal. It's, um, mm -hmm. you know, I wish that I could go back in time and tell um, high school Jonah that, you know, when I, cause I used to just like, I had the like three or four In Flames albums and I would carry them mm -hmm. everywhere with me. Like I wouldn't leave my house without them. My friends would like be like, what's wrong with you, dude? And I'm like, I <laughs> just obsessed with this band. You don't understand like the Colony album and uh, Oracle and Clayman and the Jester race. And so I always carried them around and then I would always be in my friend's car and I'm like, okay, this is what we're listening to. Or if we're just hanging out at whoever's house then we're listening to one of these In Flames albums, you know? Um, so Jesper was always uh, one of my favorite guitar players, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, there's a few like really special moments on, on those two albums for me where like you can very clearly hear that it's like my piano work and then Jesper's guitar playing. and um, oh, I'm getting emotional right now just thinking about it. It's really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Amazing. Um, he's, he's a really gifted musician and a great guy too. Yeah. So it's amazing when you find those gems in industry that are like, you would think, you know, oh, you, you know, these people must be, you know, they have, must have like an attitude or, and then you, you find out that they're these amazing, really cool, nice people to work with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I just don't, I don't think they're like, that there are rock stars really that much anymore mm -hmm. it's kind of you know that's sort that's sort of like unobtainable kind of rock star thing that used to happen mm -hmm. that's sort. i think that died with social media because now everybody is so accessible you know what i mean yeah i mean like right now people on the internet are just this is like my dining room and my music room and stuff like that people are just like looking into my house you know mm -hmm. and that's not that's not something that you would have had back in the day you know and people could just like look on my Facebook page and see what I'm up to and, you know, uh, all that. For sure. For sure. So times have changed. Mm -hmm. And people's, people's humanity is more exposed. Mm -hmm. So True. Uh, someone asked a uh, question popped up on yeah. the screen. So Danny wants to know uh, which branch of composing has been the most profitable for you? Um, and which is easier to get into video games, metal albums, TV, film, ads? Um, the video game thing is hard because it's such a competitive mm -hmm. industry and I haven't really mm -hmm. applied myself to that. I haven't marketed myself as such. Um, so like, like the game, video game composer. Yeah, yeah, the video game stuff that I've gotten has been by chance just because like I happen to have fans who are in the video game industry and who work that, you know, and do that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, it's just, um, you know, doing the metal album comp composition stuff, uh, the orchestration, and I do that more than, more than anything. 
uh, and that's, yeah, that's kind of been my business. That's been, um, streamlined and yeah, and all that. I just do a lot of that, but I, I hope as I get older, which unfortunately I am getting older that I can, um, do more stuff like film composing and video game composing and stuff like that, because I, I do think that I, I have a knack for it. So, um, so I think someone asked a question, another question. Yeah. Sam wants to know, how was it working with Matt Barlow on the Immortal um, album? That album is one of my favorite of all time. Yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> it, it was really, it was awesome because um, Ice Earth was another band that I loved in high school. And so I was a really, you know, a big fan of Matt. And then, um, so when I was doing my keyboard parts, I did my keyboard parts before the vocals were laid down um, on that album. And so I had his voice in mind the whole time, you know, like how, how can I support everything that he does and, and make it special and different and make it not, you know, we don't want to sound like Ice Earth or whatever. We want to sound like Pyramids. And so, yeah, working with his voice was really cool because it's so powerful and so dynamic. I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I still don't think he's, he's human, even though he's like the nicest guy ever and uh you know he's like really like a like a dad that you'd like have a barbecue with in the backyard you know kind of kind of dude just and he tells dad jokes too which i do also and uh <laughs> perfect <laughs> <it's>, yeah <laughs> we're all i mean we're all just dads now so um jana do you want to play a song for us yeah sure um, yeah, I can do that. Ugh. If you all want to suffer through it. <laughs> I'll play, um, hmm. So how's the sound there? Is that okay? Yep. Okay. I'll be looking at my forehead for a minute here. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll play, I'll play a song off of the Immortal album, um, if I can remember it well enough here.
Love it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. I'm going to move you back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for <laughs> helping everyone not just look at my forehead that whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. We have another question here. Sure. Dario says, I love Paramaze. The latest album is one of, my fi of the finest records I heard in the last years. What are your main influences? Um, I listened to some, uh, modern classical, uh, piano. Um, one of my biggest musical influences is a piano player named George Winston. Um, when I was a baby, my parents would play his cassette tapes for me to put me mm. into sleep. And I still listen to him all the time. Um, I can't recommend him enough. His, uh, he had an album that came out in 1982 called December. Um, yeah, which is just a classic. Uh, I still listen to it all the time. I just love it. Um, and then I also grew up listening to like some instrumental um, new age music like Yanni, if anyone's familiar with that. Mm -hmm. Just very emotional, like melody driven stuff, which you can hear in everything I do, of course. Um, and I like Enya a lot. I grew up with Enya. Um, and then uh, a lot of film composers, Hans Zimmer, um, John Williams, Danny Elfman, Steve Jablonski. Thomas Newman, I love Thomas Newman. Um, he has such a unique sound. Um, and uh, he, I, don't, I don't really listen to as much metal anymore as I used to. Um, every now and then I do, just to like stay in touch with what's going on. Um, there, there hasn't been a lot of new bands that I've gotten super into. Um, but uh, there are, there's definitely, like anytime Soil Work comes out with a new album, then I'm all over that for sure. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really like synthwave music too. That's something I've gotten into over the last last like three years, um, uh, like Scandroid and Fury Weekend, and I, I like I love the like the '80s synth stuff. Mm -hmm. You know that that sort of new revival of that. Yeah. Can we expect to uh, to hear some releases in that genre, more in the synthwave video game? Um, well, the, the, nin the Ninja Brigade soundtrack that I'm working on is totally synthwave. Um, I put a track out for that. It's on my Facebook page. Um, and uh, the image on the YouTube video is a painting of me fighting a werewolf. So um, <laughs> it's pretty fun. I've always wanted to fight a werewolf, you know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 
And who does the, um, you know, has, um, is it Mallory who's designed like a lot of the artwork for, um, for uh, the albums or do you have a, you know, graphic artist that you work with? Like how does the concept for the album come together for a lot of the projects? Um, well, I mean, every project is different. I have, of mm -hmm. course, like my go-to artists, um, you know, in my network, like I have my music video guys and my lyric mm -hmm. video guys. And then uh, my friend, Nigel, uh, he yeah, he has amazing. a company yeah conduit creations is his company i can't re recommend him enough he's so talented and like super fun and easy to work with and he always like gets my ideas you know mm -hmm. so i'm like nigel i want to be fighting a werewolf you know like i want it to look kind of like the um castlevania video game series or whatever and he's like okay yeah and he gets super into it and you know so uh yeah he's kind of <laughs> he's been my go-to guy for a lot of stuff. I, I like what he did for it because um, for those of you listening, me and Zona did write a couple tracks together and uh, I like how he turned us into uh, ninjas. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really good at like- Very cool. Taking photos of people and turning them into whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he, I think he changed my ethnicity a little bit too on that one, but I don't know if that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you just let him, you know, do his thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and my muscles are not that big as he painted them, but I, I appreciate the vote of confidence. <laughs> what about for uh, for your music videos? I mean, your the one you did with Matt is pretty elaborate. Um, there was a whole oh, like snowstorm and story going on. That was like that and like crazy effects. Yeah, um, that was done by a video director in Atlanta named uh, Chance White. Mm -hmm. And he also did um, the Pyramids video for World Divided, which is like another huge, like epic sci-fi thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Chance is amazingly talented and such a visionary. So. And you also have some pretty cool, like um, lyric videos too. Yeah. Um, yeah. All my lyric videos are either done by Chance also or um, by Wayne. Mm -hmm. who does all the stuff for like Prague Power USA and he's done Wayne Joyner he does tons of stuff like for like Devin Townsend and um yeah he, he's done so many things I've lost track of all of them but yeah he's my other guy he's also based out of Georgia you have a whole team that you work with you know people that you yeah. trust. you have an amazing producer I mean I recording engineer also I think what what can what advice can you share for people that are you know trying to get, you know, the right um, team together to work with? Uh, make friends with talented people that are also trustworthy and in the business mm -hmm. for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has it been hard for you or has it been easy to find these people? Yeah, no, I've never had any problems. It's uh, the metal, the metal world especially is so like closely knit, like everybody knows mm -hmm. everybody and um so that do you that find kind of, it's a close community do you find that you know artists kind of help each other a lot there's a lot of um you know teamwork going on or do you think that it's a you know what what's the metal community like um i do think there's a lot of camaraderie i think there's like circles you know mm -hmm. of like a lot of people work together in the circle and the circle and the circle and I, so i try mm -hmm. to like get involved in in everything um lately i've been focusing more on uh, working with Germans because <laughs> Germany is like the epicenter of heavy metal you know what I mean so mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of that um yeah for sure G German 
people are awesome. Where do you find, do they find you or you find them? Um, yeah, they find me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> it's, I, I really do. I have a unique sound. I think that's the thing that mm -hmm. I have the most going for me. It's just that I have a very like, you know, it always sounds like Jonah when, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Your signature so, sound for sure. You know, if people want that, then they know where to find it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And where can people uh, listen to your music, um, buy merch, support you? Are you doing any more, um, you know, live stream shows where, um, you know, I saw that you were, um, people could make donations through that. So yeah. what are they, what, where can people Yeah, I love, your... I love doing um, live performances on my Facebook page because I mm -hmm. set up like a virtual tip bucket and it makes me, makes yeah. me think of like, um, like the subway performers in New York City, you know, they just like put a bucket down and then they just jam and play their thing. And, um, and it's, uh, yeah, so that's always really appreciated. Um, even if you just watch, you know, and listen and let me be a part of your day. Um, otherwise, uh, you can go to jonahweingarten.com. Um, I believe there's links there to buy merch. I'm not, I can't remember, but all my stuff is there and it's a good way to stay updated with what I'm doing other than my Facebook page, of course. Um, and then if you want pure amaze merch, you should go to merchbooth.net. Uh, they have tons of like shirts and hoodies and you stickers. You also had and some really cool, uh, some really interesting merch for, um, for where Sentinels, like you had these like dragon shaped glasses, like what was, yeah. what did you have for merch? Yeah. So we, yeah, those were like Pilsner, like with a Pilsner glasses with a dragon mm -hmm. on it that we had custom made, um, from a local company here. We tried to source all the merch for that from local yeah. companies. And, and I have one in the back, one of your, <clears throat> uh, your designs. That's right. And my, my keyboard with like animal furs on it and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Nigel actually did that. Speaking of Nigel, he, he's the artist that helped me with um, all the Sentinel stuff. He did like our stage awesome. banner designs too, that were like these dragons mm. that were super awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. I think those are, that's pretty much, pretty much it. My website or merchbooth.net. Awesome. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing this. And do you have any advice, um, any last words, advice for like musicians at home that are struggling right now um, through this time? Do you have any advice for them? Um, stay positive and uh, mm -hmm. hire me to play keyboards on your music if you know what's good <laughs> for <it>. you. <laughs> yeah, if you want your awesome. stuff to be epic. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for having um, me. I appreciate it. Thanks everybody who's been watching um, the live stream and thanks to musicbusinessschool.com for sponsoring the event. And uh, thank you, Donna, uh, for, for chatting with us today. And go and make sure to follow his page, uh, Jonah Weingarten, as well as uh, you, uh, your website, right? What is your website? Yeah, jonahweingarten.com. You can see all his work there and hire him for, uh, for session work. Make your album sound epic. <laughs> thanks everybody. Stay safe. Bye.